and welcome to the ALN Academy Talks. My name is Sonal Sejval. I'm a partner at ALN Kenya and head the firm's banking and finance department. The ALN Academy Talks aim to promote conversations on rule of law, governance, and sustainability for the development of Africa. Our focus today will be on sustainability specifically on financing sustainable projects in Africa. I'm delighted to introduce to you Oliver Phillips, an Associate Director of Sustainable Finance at Standard Chartered Bank. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, the um, title of your department, Sustainable Finance, uh, sounds very fancy. Can you can you tell us about its objectives and its scope, particularly as regards the African continent? Well, I think you know, it, it, it's it sort of sounds fancy, but I think it um, you know it, it has a very broad remit. It's a simple way to look at it. Um, ultimately, our objective as a team is to help the bank deliver on its ambition to be net zero from our financing by 2050. So what that means is that our lending book is going to be aligned to being net zero. Um, So reducing the the emissions that we as a bank are kind of supporting through or supporting being emitted um, through the the financing activities that that we have. So we are a product agnostic team. We look at everything and anything in the bank that has that ESG label to it, whether that is a debt capital markets issuance, a project financing, um, a revolving credit facility for a client, but also looking at things like trade finance and, and, and derivatives and sort of other bits of the kind of the financial markets world that, that are arising. Um, we also have an advisory function. So we also help our clients that are maybe a little bit earlier in their ESG journey to help them to kind of do some of the, the sort of basic things like setting up a strategy and beginning to report on you know, their own uh, criteria for, for ESG. I think in an African context, our you know, sort of focus is still very much the same, but one of the big themes for us as a, as a bank globally, but I think particularly relevant to the work that, that we do do in Africa, is our focus on a just transition. So it's all well and good that we meet uh, you know, net zero and that the world meets the Paris Agreement, but if it is not done in a responsible way, in a just way, Mm. then we're going to have a risk of leaving lots of people behind and, and actually ending up in a world that probably will have more issues than, than it would do if the climate challenge, uh, kind of climate crisis, in fact, isn't sort of appropriately dealt with. Um, I really love that uh, phrase, just transition. Uh, but, you know, following on from that, Oliver, let me ask you about energy and in particular what is Standard Chartered Bank doing to promote green energy and energy efficiency on the African continent? So we have a couple of sort of global commitments that that are really focusing us when it comes to the green side of things. Um, So the first commitment is one that we set back in, I think, 2019 now, um, that is that by the end of 2024, we will provide at $35 billion towards renewable energy and clean technologies. Um, and that's that could include you know, actual financing that we're doing, but also helping companies to, to raise funding through 
um, M&A through, through kind of capital markets. So quite a broad scope. We also have a newer target that we announced um, in November last year, which is that by 2030, we're going to provide $300 billion of green and transition finance. So obviously a much a much greater greater target um, for for that, but also a bit of a, a bit of a wider scope, and really that that encapsulates the the, sort of the greenest things, but also helping our clients to kind of move towards being more green. Now, in practice in in Africa, that you know kind of really means that there's a lot that we're trying to do, and ranging from the biggest utility scale projects that we're trying to support right the way down to some of the smaller kind of projects for, for our customers, for our clients, um, and even actually thinking about some of the things we're doing on, on the retail side. Um, and the, the good thing about this is that because of the way this team is set up and the fact that we are product agnostic, we're really able to think about that full suite of things that we can, can offer to make sure that our clients have the right solutions to be able to, to kind of uh, you know, take advantage of, of renewable energy or energy efficiency. So you know, we can at one, in one breath be looking at project finance for a multi-hundred megawatt uh, wind project in, in somewhere like Egypt, for example. Um, and at the, the next moment, we can be looking at perhaps a you know, simple term loan, a much smaller size for a client that wants to install 50 megawatts of, mm. of solar power on, a, on one of their factories in, in Kenya. Um, but we also tried to use the kind of the trade finance bit and the standard chartered at its heart, you know, we are, we are a trade bank. Mm. Um, and, and so we've really focused on what we can do there and simple things like being able to provide, uh, import financing solutions for our clients so that they can actually bring those solar panels from, for example, China into Africa and be able to kind of actually use, use those panels themselves is, is quite a valuable sort of offering that, that we've found. Um, So on the sort of corporate side, I think a a, a wide range. I do want to mention something on the retail side because in Africa, we do still have a very strong retail presence. It's something that we're very proud of. Um, And and that's something that's actually we did in Kenya. Um, Now, it's a couple of years ago, uh, but it's still going going strong. And that's a partnership that we have in place with Davis and Shirtliff who are a sort of homegrown producer of different solar and, and sort of clean solutions. Mm. And we were able to provide our retail clients with a, an offering that meant that they were able to get access to things like rooftop solar powers, uh, solar panels, um, solar water heaters and solar water purifiers um, with kind of preferential uh, rates and payment terms through this, this partnership. So I think also kind of, you know, very useful for us to be able to kind of actually cover that that whole whole spectrum um, of things and to also be able to bring something that does support people if our, our you know sort of retail customers as well yeah I mean 300 billion financing by 2030 that's that's a phenomenal commitment um, I, I'm particularly interested in in what you said about what you're doing on on the corporate as well as retail side um does that mean that a standard chartered bank you you see that financiers have a role to play in the development of re- renewable energy particularly on the continent i think definitely we do i think there's there's a real importance of sort of everybody working together in this i think um, it was actually someone, someone um, else at Standard Chartered who came up with this quote, not not me, unfortunately. But they said, you know, if we don't all win, no one wins. 
And I think there's when it comes to sustainability, that really is that there's nothing truer um, than than that in in my view. Um, and you know, I think it's very important that we're working and collaborating very closely with developers because for these developers to be able to scale their projects, it's important that they can get funding for it. So understanding from a very early stage of what is it that financiers are looking for, how is it that I make a project bankable, I think it's really important. And it then means that you know we're able to kind of develop something that can just grow and grow and grow and, and, and in a sustainable way with projects that are properly structured, the financing is put together in a way that's not going to be you know, overly onerous. Um, and we can look at other examples where, for example, the Middle East, which I also cover, we've seen that um, in the last kind of series of sort of the, the biggest utility uh, scale solar projects, we've been able to achieve record low tariffs on almost every single one, constantly outdoing themselves. And a key reason for that is the availability of, of finance you know, is, is enormous for these project developers so that cost of funds which comes into that overall sort of levelized cost that, that they're kind of you know charging through the tariff is able to be to be brought down uh, in parallel with the technological improvements um, that, that are also reducing the cost there so i think we have really really is important that, that everybody's working together and that definitely finance has a huge role to play mm. can you um, perhaps, Oliver, for, for our audience, just highlight the, the main uh, options that there are for financial institutions when um, they're investing in African projects, and also what your opinion is on the importance of financial growth in a bid to close the financial gap that we are currently experiencing. Um, I think the great thing is that the, you know when it comes to funding renewable projects, there is no shortage of, of solutions that that are out there. And as I've mentioned, you know we ourselves are are really covering that that full spectrum. And I think it's important to be covering that that full spectrum. Um, thinking about it from some of the things that that we've looked at um, on, on the continent. I mean, we've worked with the likes of Access Bank in Nigeria to help them raise a, a green private placement. Um, that that under their green finance framework, they can channel those funds to to renewable energy. So that's you know them raising a bond with our help, and then they they're able to then provide those loans to those companies um, to be able to actually sort of you know fund fund the underlying projects them, themselves. Um, I, I mentioned at the start that we also look at uh, derivatives in an ESG format, uh, and something that that I think you know we see quite quite yeah a lot where people have particularly if you've got international developers that are coming in and they're signing PPAs, those PPAs are going to be in local currency. So being able to structure kind of green derivatives that are you know, supporting those underlying renewable energy projects and sort of reducing the currency risks makes it mm. more attractive for, for people to come in. Mm. Um, and, and I think you know, when you sort of look at it holistically and you take advantage of the full spectrum of, of banking products, not just thinking about a simple, you know, a simple term loan. Um, you realise that you can actually help a client to support the the entire ecosystem of, of that project and help them from from kind of step one to step two to step three, and, and really be able to kind of you know ensure that the, the project is is as you know uh, a success. And mm. um, thinking about the financial gap, just just quickly, I, I think you know the the importance of bringing sort of money to where it matters most sustainable finance where it matters most is is again a key focus for for us 
Um, when we first, as a bank, issued our own sustainability bond, we did an impact report of the sustainable financing that we as a bank do globally. And it was all of our sustainable financing activities. And we compared a, an equivalent renewables project in Lucknow to one in uh, Lyon. And we realized that there was a seven times increase in the amount of emissions avoided. And wow. so this is what's really important about funding these projects in emerging markets is, first of all, there's a massive gap. In Africa, only 10% of the SDGs are being financed compared to 90% if you look in, if you look in Europe. So there's that massive gap that needs to be needs to be met, but the impact is is outsized as as that sort of figure shows you. So actually, there's a really compelling story for for investors to to be channeling kind of channeling the money where it where it needs to go. And particularly in Africa at the moment, we do need we need that responsible financing um, to to kind of support the the wider development of the continent. Hmm. Let, let me ask you a personal question, if I may. Um, why then do you think Africa should prioritize uh, sustainable growth? Does, does the continent have bigger fish to fry? Or why is it, from your perspective as, as a financier, why is it now the right time for the continent to address this issue of sustainable growth? Well, we've talked a lot about green so far, but sustainable finance is both green and social. That that S needs to needs to be in in focus, and I think, um, unfortunately, the S does quite often um, get left behind a little bit. But it is just just as important. And the reality is that um, you know, sustainable growth needs to be sustainable, and it needs to be sustainable from you know, a, a sort of economic point of view. If you don't want to go. You know, grow too fast, too quickly, and not have the right systems in place. But you also want the sort of ESG sustainability to be in place as well, because actually we're going to see things changing in the world. We're going to see things like carbon pricing and carbon border adjustments coming in in some markets, which mean if you're exporting to places like Europe, you're going to be penalised. Um, and, and that actually not taking into account that sustainability could be could be a, you know a major issue. But the fact is that sustainable financing and sustainable growth has that social focus and, and in Africa um, that's one of the the biggest things that I'm trying to trying to drive and we've had a lot of uh, really great success on the social side we've helped uh, Ecobank um, through through ETI uh, issue a, a sustainability bond uh, back in I think last last year now about a year mm -hmm. ago um, the first ever sustainability bond for a bank in in, in Africa. And you know, that was all about supporting SMEs and had a particular bit around supporting women-led um, entrepreneurs, um, which, which was great to see kind of a dedicated focus on, on the gender piece. Uh, but we're also doing a lot of sort of social infrastructure financing, whether that is something like a road that connects rural communities in Ghana to a recent deal that we just announced with uh, the UK export credit agency, UKEF, um, in Senegal. To import sort of you know vital kind of first response um, equipment for firefighting for for kind of general life saving and, uh, and all of these things, which is you know, something that is just just such a sort of basic necessity to have. Um, so thinking about that sustainability as as very much a part of growth, I think is is not only essential for addressing some of the challenges now, but setting up for the next you know, decades to come. Um, in a way that is going to continue to be sustainable. Mm. 
Yeah, no, it's super interesting. Um, let me, before I end, I think I, I just want us to touch on the issue of natural capital. And, and by that, of course, I mean habitat credits, wetlands mitigation banking credits, water quality credits, and, and of course, the, the, the best known carbon credits. Um, do you, as Standard Chartered Bank, have any plans to include monetization of natural resources into your future strategy? Well, let me first start by kind of what we've been doing previously, and that's been really a focus on protecting the natural environment. And I think any monetization needs to start with that. How do you start making sure you're protecting things? Um, through our environmental and social risk management team, we've had a really big focus on thinking about well, how do you make sure that when projects happen, they happen in the right way. Um, and you're looking at the natural environment, you're looking at the biodiversity and the impact of these. There's going to be some some impact. How do you mitigate that? How do you manage that in, in the best possible way? Um, so we've had a big focus on, on that. And you know, um, we've be, we were one of the sort of the earliest signatories for the task force on uh, nature-related financial financial disclosures. And actually, Standard Chartered was was um, you know, kind of privileged to be one of the launch members for the Africa National uh, Natural Capital um, Alliance uh, that FSD Africa um, started only only a couple of weeks ago now, um, which is really trying to bring the voice of Africa to the global discussions on on nature, um, because there, I think there's there's so much importance of. African nature that, that gets overlooked. Um, you know, the, the Amazon and the things that are happening there make a lot of head, kind of headlines, but people forget about the, the Congo Basin mm. and the fact that actually the Congo Basin is also a, a massive carbon, carbon sink. And so it really is important to be, to be protecting things like that. Now, for us, monetizing the, the carbon pieces is very important. Uh, as a bank, we're doing a lot to try and promote this. We took a key role in the task force on scaling voluntary carbon markets, which our group CEO, Bill Winters, actually chaired. We're playing a lead role in the Integrity Council for the Voluntary Carbon Markets, which is now implementing the recommendations of the TSVCM. Um, and we're also looking at things where we can partner with, with others, uh, for example, in Singapore, where we've launched an exchange called Climate Impact X that will allow projects in Africa to sell their carbon credits into the, you know, into the Asian market. And something we're really focused in is how do we use that platform and that position that we have there to connect into, into the continent. Um, but more broadly, I think that you know, monetizing carbon and, and natural capital more broadly has a potentially huge benefit for sovereigns and, and corporates and, and banks in, in Africa because it's a new stream for debt repayment. And that's, I think, really, really crucial, especially at a time when you know, the, the global economy is, is in a bit of turmoil. And we're seeing, to, you know, particularly in some, some markets in Africa, a lot of focus on their ability to service their debt. Being able to find a new stream of, of, of revenue that potentially attracts some new investors who have that ESG focus and potentially, you know, refinance some of your other debts using this new things. You know, sort of, we see lots of talk about debt for nature swaps, debt for carbon swaps, um, yeah. and, and those sorts of things. I think provides a really valuable tool, um, but it needs to be done right. Uh, you know, there are a lot of pitfalls in this area, and I think it's very important to tread carefully. But it is one area that I think we're really excited about the potential that this actually has to to bring 
um, to the continent. Mm. Oliver, thank you so much. That was really, really interesting, and I've learned so much. Um, before I, I close, do you have any parting words for the audience? I think my parting words really um, are around kind of the importance of what happened in COP and the great announcements coming true. I think COP26, we saw some brilliant commitments, but we really need to see the delivery. And with you know, COP27 this year in Africa, in Egypt, I think that's, that's really, really crucial. We produced a report called Just in Time, which focuses on the just transition. And we've identified something like a $95 trillion um, opportunity that, that's going to come there. But we also did some analysis on what happens if developed markets finance the just transition in emerging markets or if emerging markets have to self-finance, so through increased taxation and things like that. And we actually found that the overall impact on the globe is going to be worse if emerging markets have to do this. But if developed markets play a role, it's going to improve the situation, not just for the emerging markets themselves, but for the overall global markets and the global economy. So I think it's really, really important that we see those commitments that, that you know, were, were the right things to be made and, and they're great that the commitments have, have been made, but we need to see those being delivered um, and sort of you know, action speaking louder than words. Fantastic. Oliver, thank you so much for your time today and thank you also to our audience. This conversation will be available on our ALN Academy podcast and YouTube channel. Remember to subscribe to be notified when we upload more content. Thank you so much and uh, see you in our next talk. 